I'm Michelle, certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. And I'm Marissa, and I'm a certified nutrition coach and group fitness instructor. And this is the Strong and Simple Podcast. We're tackling the latest fads, trends, and hot topics in the nutrition, wellness, and fitness industries using science and conversation to bust myths and give you the information you need to navigate the bullshit. Tune in for your twice a week truth bombs every Tuesday and Friday. Hello, gorgeous people. How are you today? It is Michelle flying solo for our mini-sode this week. And I figured this is the perfect time to talk about barefoot training. It's something that Marissa and I spoke about a little bit in last week's episode, the Friday episode, our big guide to fitness holiday gift giving. If you haven't checked that out yet, please make sure you go and check that out. We have lots of really great ideas for you. Um, some things that maybe you might want to put on your wish list that you can then share um, the podcast with uh, friends and family members who might be asking you what is on your list this year. I don't know um, if your parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles or even, you know, partners, right? Um, my mom every year is like, what's on your wish list? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm 41. I don't know what's on my wish list anymore. Um, <laughs> and that's not even necessarily true. Like I definitely have a wish list, right? Um, but it's, it's hard to sometimes come out, come up with like what is on that list when people ask you like on the spot. So this might help give you some ideas to give to other people, or if other folks are asking you what you are interested in having um, as gifts, um, sharing that podcast with them might give them some good ideas. So anyways, the point of today's mini-sode is to talk about barefoot training. And this is a question I get fairly frequently um, from folks that train with me, from folks that see me on YouTube or on Instagram with videos because I pretty much always work out barefoot. Um, even when I'm going out for walks, I wear as minimalistic shoes as possible. Uh, the only thing I do wear, I do wear running sneakers when I happen to run. A, usually like once a year in the spring, I'm like, I'm going to run a 5K. I work my way back up to running a 5K and then um, I don't run again for the rest of the year. So um, anyways, my running history is another story for another day. Uh, maybe I'll share that in a, in a mini-sode in the future. But Barefoot training. Um, I am, if you don't know, um, I work out of my gym in my garage. Uh, I am privileged to have that access. I don't have to go to a public space to um, train. And I know that there are gyms um, that are that require you to wear shoes, right? In a public space, this can make sense for a lot of reasons. So this might just be something to tuck away in the back of your mind um, or have a conversation with the gym owners and management um, and maybe see um, if there's some sort of compromise you can work out. Or I'm going to have some other ideas for you if it's an absolute, like you need to wear 
shoes when you go to the gym. Um, some other suggestions for you. So first of all, why do we like to barefoot train? So first and foremost, when we put shoes on our feet, when we have shoes on our feet, um, we, especially if you are wearing walking or running shoes, which are pretty much the most popular style of shoe that I see folks come into either my gym or when I see them going into another gym, right? Or when folks are sending me videos for form feedbacks, um, folks are also typically not wearing shoes that are the best shoes for strength training. They're wearing running shoes. They're wearing walking shoes. Um, even cross trainers, while they can have a time and a place for them, um, they're also still not quite the best for strength training because they are creating this thick layer of cushioning between you and the floor. Okay. And we're going to get into why this is important um, in a few minutes. The shoes are also coming up around your foot and providing stability. Um, so even if we think about like high top sneakers, right? And a lot of, um, for folks who have some ankle instability or have a history of ankle injuries, right? These can be the go-to like prescription. I'm doing air quotes here, um, to stabilize your ankle for movement. But the problem here is that your ankle and feet are never given a chance to get stronger. The muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, all that connective tissue, when we are just cushioning it and creating scaffolding and stability, we're never giving our feet and ankles a chance to actually get stronger. So that's the first piece here is when we train in our bare feet or with socks on, we are stre actively strengthening our feet, our toes, our ankles, our metatarsals, everything is working um, and getting stronger as when we are in bare feet. And this is why it can be a little uncomfortable to get started with barefoot training because if your feet are weak or not as strong as they could be, um, doing a whole strength training session in bare feet can actually lead to some like muscle soreness in our feet and ankles, or it can feel uncomfortable um, if you start doing too much too soon. But we'll get to, back to that. So one of the biggest benefits of um, barefoot training is that it helps to strengthen our feet and ankles. And why is this important? Think about where your feet are and what they do for you. They are literally the foundation for your standing. They're the foundation for walking. They are the foundation for running, right? So, excuse me, um, by having stronger feet, stronger ankles, this means that strength and um, stability that you're creating from stronger feet and ankles is then going to translate up through your entire kinetic chain. So up to your knees, up to your hips, your lower back. It can even impact if you have like a, 
a weak right ankle, like say maybe if you've ever sprained or broken an ankle, think about if like it's on the right side of your body, what then the opposite side of your body feels. Because as we move, we have this, it's called contralateral movement. So you're kind of moving as your right side moves, your left side, upper body moves, right? In tandem. And something that is um, bothering you in your feet is then going to create compensation in your movement patterns all the way up your body, right? So it's really, really pretty interesting, right? Everything is literally connected. So by improving the strength in our feet and ankles, we are then very likely to help um, minimize or I feel like the word correct <clears throat> can be misleading because you're not broken, right? Like, so, but it can help to adjust or rebalance muscle imbalances that have then happened from something down at the foundation. So that's the first part is we are looking at barefoot training as a way to really build a strong foundation for our movement patterns with strong feet and ankles. Okay. So that's number one. <clears throat> number two, our feet have thousands of nerve endings in them. This is by design because our bodies are wicked cool to give our brains information about where our bodies are in space. This is called proprioception, okay? And by being barefoot outside in the gym, our foot is literally through those nerve endings able to send those signals to our brain like, oh, we're moving in a forward pattern. We're moving side to side. We're going backwards. We're pressing through the floor. Really think about some of those cues that you hear for strength training. Press through the floor. Um, grip. Open your toes. Grip, right? This is all stuff that your nerve endings in your feet are helping your brain to better understand, which is then going to make those movements stronger and even more powerful. When we move in barefoot, we are able to better receive information about our movements than when we have that cushion, when we have shoes on, right? This also helps us feel safe because our body's like, oh yeah, I, our brain is like, oh yeah, I know what's happening. I know where Michelle's body is. I know what she's doing right now which is then going, I like it is safe to now move in this pattern that she's asking us to move in. Um, one of the, the big aha moments for me with proprioception, because um, I hear physical therapists would talk about proprioception a lot at um, some of my students' IEP meetings, especially during reevals. They would always talk about proprioception. And I'd be like, all right, my body in space. <clears throat> when I went skydiving, and if you've ever gone skydiving, you can probably relate to this. <laughs> they tell you, like, you're going to pretty much, like, arch your back so that you're bringing, you want to bring your feet back, almost in, like, a slight back bend towards your head. And if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see me kind of <laughs> doing this little archy movement. 
But when I jumped out of the plane and the person that's like on my back is like, bring your feet towards your head, bring your feet back towards your head. And I'm like, I don't even understand where my feet are. I don't understand. Like, what is a head? What is a foot? I am falling out of a plane right now. Right. So I'm not getting, <laughs> I'm not getting that. And my brain was literally like, wow, like, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, because it wasn't getting any input to my feet or to my body really about like where my body was in space. Like where are my feet? I don't know because they're not connecting to the ground. So your body's like, your brain's freaking out. Your nervous system is freaking out because it doesn't understand that sensory input. So I don't know. I like to share that story a little bit. So when you're in barefoot and you're in the gym, your body is able to, your brain is able to get that sensory input to kind of recognize like what you are asking your body to do. Um, and it will feel safer to do those movements, right? Um, so let's see. So we're building a strong foundation. We're boosting the sensory feedback we're receiving. And all of this both allows us to better um, balance and feel more stable. <clears throat> so when you are in, when your feet are bare or in socks, again, you're really able to like spread your toes out. Think about how narrow a lot of shoes, like the toe boxes and how cramped your, your toes get. You really want those toes spread out to help with stability and feeling that connection between the floor. If you ever try to do a single leg deadlift or um, if you do yoga and you're doing a warrior three, right? You can feel all of those little muscles working together and kind of firing on to help keep you stable and balanced. All of that balance work. When you have a shoe on, your foot doesn't have to work like that to help improve your stability and balance. Um, and that's why it can feel more challenging at first to do like single leg work in bare feet <clears throat> than it feels with shoes on um, oftentimes in the beginning when you make that switch because your feet are working that much harder because they're also trying to get stronger. So we're working on um, improved balance and stability because we're having a better connection to the floor. It's, it's providing that input to our brain. It's signaling that we're safe and it's actually able to register where our body's at, what it's doing, all while also building strength in our feet, right? And the other piece about training barefoot, and I really encourage when clients are working with me, um, either in person or online, I can better see movement patterns, like the big picture, when they do not have shoes on. Shoes can create, especially if you're wearing walking or running shoes when you are training, um, create compensations in your movement pattern that, first of all, it can make you less stable. You're not able to, when you're cueing yourself to push through the floor, you're actually pushing through cushion, which is not giving you that firm feedback to really give you that power and strength, especially with like a barbell deadlift or with a barbell squat, right? Um, this also translates for 
kettlebells um, and dumbbells, but thinking about as you increase your weight to be heavier. Um, in bare feet, I can see movement patterns, compensations, and that better allows me to create programming um, to increase mobility, to increase strength, like maybe some feet warmups. Um, sometimes even like rolling your feet out with a tennis ball can feel like incredible and can help just like wake your feet up to get ready for movement. Um, but it allows me to then program in, I don't like to say corrective exercises, but for lack of a better term now, some corrective type exercises that are going to enhance our bigger lifts. So when we think about the big lifts, push, pull, squat, hinge, carries, lunge, right? Those are our big six. I can then program in more specific work for our, for accessory muscles, accessory work to then, um, mobility work, um, to enhance our other lifts. So that translates into stronger, more confident lifting, um, especially as we start lifting heavier weights. So barefoot training has a ton of benefits. Um, it's boosting the sensory feedback we receive. It's helping to build a strong foundation with strong feet and ankles. Um, it creates better connection to the floor, which allows for improved balance and stability. And also better allows you to see and feel your bigger movements um, all the way through where it allows you to see where you might have some imbalances and where you can work um, with some more targeted exercises to improve stability, strength, and mobility in your bigger core movements. And you might be saying, well, Michelle, this is all fine and great. I would love to do this. My gym doesn't allow bare feet or even socks. Fair enough. There could be some safety concerns, especially, so if you are going to wear socks, I do recommend that you get some grippy socks um, or make sure that you are working in a, on a surface that is not slippery, especially if you're pulling heavier weight and, or if you're doing like step ups and things, you want to make sure that you're not going to slide. Okay. But, um, if your gym is anti-barefoot training, for whatever reason, no judgment, um, what are some things you can do? Really work to find shoes that are not running in walking sneakers. Also, cross trainers are not the best for strength training. Shoes like Vans, Converse sneakers, or any of those like barefoot sneakers um, and you can get barefoot sneakers that don't like separate out your toes. So if that's like really not comfortable for you right now, there are more barefoot, like minimalistic shoes on the market that just have like a regular, just like a wide toe box. You want to find something that does not have so much cushioning that when that you can, it's like a firmer shoe. Keds would probably work okay, right? <clears throat> so finding a pair of shoes that allows you to feel the floor as much as possible. The less cushion, the better. Um, what about for py plyometrics? I personally, because I have been working out in bare feet for many years now, 
Um, my feet, I have worked my way up. I can do things like jump squats, jump lunges. I even jump rope, not for super long periods of time, um, in bare feet. I also have one of the surfaces in my gym also has a little like cushion to it. So it's not like a hard concrete floor. Um, but practicing really proper landing like that land toe ball heel, um, landing softly, landing gently. So it's more gentle for your joints. You could do plyometric training, box jumps and things like that, depending on the box that you were jumping onto, um, barefoot. That being said, it's probably something you need to work up to. Plyometrics in this case, still walking, running sneakers, not the best for this. Cross trainers would be better. Most shoe stores, when you go to them, they are labeled like what kind of sneakers they are. Um, so just try to be aware of that. And when you do wear different types of sneakers when training, just kind of make note of how your body feels during certain activities with different types of shoes on and try to find your right groove. But really when you are strength training, really, really try to avoid walking sneakers and running sneakers. They are not made for strength training. They're made for walking and running. But what about walking and running? Now, personally, professionally, in my opinion, running barefoot out on the street, in the woods, is now opening yourself, like the bottom of your foot up for to be punctured, <laughs> to step on glass or like whatever is out in your streets. I don't know. Like there's always all sorts of crap out in the streets, um, you know, little pieces of plastic and whatever um, in the woods, stepping on rocks and things like that. Those can cause damage to your foot. Um, I know that there are people who run barefoot. Um, I think that that is really specialized and that's something that you would probably want to work with um, somebody who specializes in running to have a conversation about that. That's not my specialty. Um, however, I do feel that outside it is probably best to have some sort of protective covering on your feet. However, you can get, <clears throat> excuse me, minimalistic running sneakers, running shoes for like trail running. So they um, are still as minimal as possible, but still provide um, some structure and a layer of support from, you know, you puncturing your foot with a stick or with a piece of glass or something, right? Um, so I personally wear running sneakers, but I try to get running sneakers that are as minimal as possible for when I, that one time a year that I'm like, I'm going to do a 5k. Um, so those are my suggestions for you. Um, in the strength room, if you can be barefoot, that's optimal. Um, if you put socks on, that's okay, but you're still then having a layer <clears throat> between all those nerve endings and the surface you're working on. So there is still taking away a little bit from that, but you're still strengthening your feet because it's just socks, right? <clears throat> but the next piece, um, if you have to wear sneakers, some things like Converse or Vans are, you know, industry standard, you really want to avoid anything that has like, that creates like a, an elevation between your toes and your heels. Um, 
And you want to avoid anything that's super cushy when you are strength training. Um, because if you are somebody who has always worn very cushy, very and or very supported shoes when working out, you're going to want to work your way up to strength training barefoot in slow increments. Just like anything else, your feet are going to have to get stronger to support these movements. So by starting with even some targeted foot exercises, footwork, um, which if you want some ideas, you can email me um, and I can help you out with that, right? But start there or maybe you start by doing your squats and then you put your shoes back on and do your accessory work or um, the rest of your workout in shoes. Um, figuring out just starting small and then gradually increasing the amount of time that you are barefoot is probably the best way to get started so that you're not ending up with super sore feet, super, you, you, we don't want our feet in pain, but our feet are just like the rest of our, the rest of our body where we're going to have to gain strength and we want to start small, start slowly and work our way up. So I hope this episode was helpful for you, um, gave you some insight into why you might want to start barefoot training. If it was useful for you, um, would love to hear from you and or would love and always appreciate you sharing our episodes, helping us reach more folks. Um, and yeah, so if you missed the um, big holiday gift guide episode from last week. I think it was episode 80. Um, be sure to go check that out too, uh, where we talk about like the grippy socks and stuff. Um, and it's just a fun episode. It was really fun to record. So hope you enjoy that. Hope this was helpful. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Take care, everybody. This has been an episode of the Strong and Simple podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the topics we've discussed or about any of our guests, please make sure that you visit us on Instagram at Strong and Simple Podcast. And if there's ever any topics, questions, concerns, anything that you would like to suggest to us, please feel free to email us at strongandsimplepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. content of this podcast represents the views and opinions of Michelle Farrell, Marissa Zabo, and their guests, and is not intended to be individualized advice or recommendations. Nothing in this episode is to be construed as medical advice or to substitute for individualized fitness or nutrition advice. Always consult with the appropriate professional for your own needs. We, Michelle Farrell and Marissa Zabo of the Strong and Simple Podcast, reside on Pawtucket land. We acknowledge the land and the Pawtucket people, as well as the land and the people of the many Native nations of whom the land belongs, to respect and honor them and their land, as well as to be mindful of the harm colonialism has and continues to do on the Indigenous people of the United States and the world. This land acknowledgement is our commitment to support Indigenous peoples and their voices in the struggle against systemic oppression and for human rights, as well as to push against the canceling and erasure of their history, their stories, 
their culture, and their present. We encourage you to visit native-land.ca to discover whose land you are residing on, as well as ways to support Indigenous folks.